Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ah, yes, the good old Black Crows. Bring us back into the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Hour 2, the game after work. It's a pretty decent song, Remedy. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, though. Or they might. I don't know. Given some of the choices. I saw, he obviously came out today, who's going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the class of 2023. I think there's a uh, couple of them here that, you know, it's, the reason why people don't like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, if, if David G. was here, and I brought up Rock and Roll and then Willie Nelson. You do have to... Would you say that was, yeah, that's not Rock and Roll? Yeah, you, you do have to remember, though, that before Willie made his country turn, he was doing variety shows on tv and was into the 50s era rock and roll boy who knows about that uh those of us who remember that willie actually wore a suit in those days oh wow i yeah, i don't know anything about that <laughs> that part of willie nelson no as a guitar player for sure and his country music uh boy kate bush is an interesting one i would agree because she was uh, not very popular in the United States at all. In the UK, big time. Yes. Very popular in the UK. Now, I'm not saying that's why she doesn't deserve to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I just, you know, I kind of have to agree with the Dan Patrick show, what they said earlier. She got the big push because of running up that hill in Stranger Things. She, it, she had re-released that song as a single twice. In the United States. It brought her back into a consciousness that maybe folks didn't have a good handle on what she had done besides that one track. Folks did a little more research this time around as to who she was as an artist. Almost almost got to number one. Mm-hmm. It almost got there. It mm-hmm. uh, stopped at number three. I'm a big Rage Against Machine fan. The Spinners, I think... Deserve to get in for sure. George, oh, gosh, Mi- yes. George Michael's not a surprise. Uh, Cheryl Crow, I'm not a big fan, but good for her, I guess. Um, and then you have Missy Elliott, uh, who I, is absolutely like a, in a way, a trailblazer. I think for sure. And on top of that, becomes the first female artist, hip hop artist, to make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, really? Yes. I did not realize that. So. Adding to the trailblazing 
for aspect her, yeah, of her career. For her genre and for what she did, like that she ought, she would definitely fits the criteria, but again, a lot of people think hip hop is not rock and roll and I mean to me, rock and roll does have of course a, a it fits a certain genre, but I also think it's more of a feeling that it is a genre. Mhm. But again, there is definitely some out there that aren't exactly rock and roll. Uh, my favorite, actually, of the inductees is Bernie Toppin. Bernie Toppin is going to go into the Musical Excellence Award, and he wrote all the lyrics for Elton John. Like, he is half of the excellence of Elton John, basically. And all the hit songs that Elton had that made him a top 10 best selling artist of all time, the lyrics came from one gentleman in Bernie Toppin. Interesting tag team that was. Mm-hmm. Elton did the music, but Bernie first did the lyrics. He absolutely deserves to be, no doubt about it, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. As a matter of fact, it probably should have happened a long time ago. Be definitely delayed uh, in, in that this is taking place now. Oh, it should, probably should have happened 30 years ago. Sure. Uh, let's see here. Let's get to 537-1350 um, is our phone number. Let's get to Tyler Perry uh, because you – know, Troy and I were at that Janet Jackson concert last night, and I knew we knew it was going to happen. It was at 8.30 last night on Jeff Goodman's podcast, and Tyler Perry, who's a, a 5'11 guard, one year of eligibility remaining, he has announced that he is going to be the next Wildcat. It is the first transfer portal recruit for Kaysen in this 2023 recruiting class, and I know Mason both has told us that he's been very high ever since last year on Tyler Perry. I'm a big fan of his because, and I'll get to more on this in just a moment, but he's a winner, and I love a good three-point shooter. Shoots 41% from three-point range, and he has made over 180 in the last two years. He has been grabbing so many accomplishments and accolades in his career. Won a 2023 NIT Championship, Conference USA Player of the Year, Conference USA Sixth Man of the Year, his junior season, and he's back in Kansas. He's at, he's originally an Oklahoma guy, but he started his collegiate career at Coffeyville, and he put this out on Twitter earlier today. He said that, who would have ever thought I'm going back to Kansas with a whole bunch of exclamation points? Tyler, I know you already know this. But for those who don't know, just let me say, Manhattan is way better than Coffeyville. Coffeyville is a gigantic dump. I've I used to go there because I had a friend that went to school there, so I'd go visit and make that long, boring drive to Coffeyville through, through southeast Kansas. Oof. I mean, it's right there at the border with Oklahoma. Actually, I'm not sure how far uh, for coffee is from. Uh, from Coffeyville, but I don't know how far, but you know, Coffeyville's pretty right there with Oklahoma. I mean, I know they would go over the border to Oklahoma to get gas because it was ch- always cheaper, right? In Oklahoma, yeah, it's closer to get to Bartlesville than it is anything else. And yeah, he was a Red Raven, that's great, but man, that campus terrible. I used to make, I also go, used to go on trips because Cloud County would play there once in a while. Whoa, boy, man. It's it's a way better Manhattan's a way better spot, of course, uh, than than Coffeyville. That that's one part of the story. There are many reasons why I like Tyler Perry, um, which by the way, Tyler is spelled T Y L O R, not T Y L E R. 
Uh, sure, there's some Medea jokes, I guess, in there, but the kid's a winner. I think this is one of the reasons why Jerome Tang would like a guy like this. They wanted a player, guard, big man. They wanted him to fit a criteria of at least playing in 90 games and they could come in and contribute right away, score double digits every game, be that kind of player. They want three or four of those guys. Fantastic goal. Tyler Perry easily fits those goals. This is how much of a winner he is. At Coffeeville, he played two years. His last year won the NJCAA National Championship. I believe they beat Cowley County, which is another JUCO here in Kansas, and won the National Championship in Hutch. And he was the second leading scorer in that National Championship game with 18 points. And then gets to North Texas, wins an NIT championship, but he's never played in an NCAA tournament. But his first year at Coffeeville, 26 and 8. Second year, 27 and 3. His first year at North Texas, 25 and 7. And then this past season, 31 and 7. Tyler Perry wins games. He's been a, a, a part of 109 victories in four years and 25 losses. It's a winning percentage of 81.3%. Boy, I tell you what, you like that. You like a winner. But what he can do offensively, and again, I'm not sure exactly how good he is defensively. Usually on a highlight reel, you see a lot of nice offensive plays, some nice defensive plays mixed in there as well. What I get from him defensively is he likes to be the sneaky sneak like Marquise Noel was. Like a big trying to back down on your big, and you're on defense, and he'll come from behind and pickpocket a guy. He loves the pickpocket steal. But offensively, he's going to steal the show. And I understand the comparison that D.Y. made in the first hour of comparing him to Marquise Noel and how he likes to set himself up for the three ball. I wish he had a little bit of a quicker release, but he is so efficient from three. And he takes a lot. I mean, he's been taking about six threes a game in his last couple of years, but he's shooting over 41% in two years combined. That's not like a portion of a year or like a nice 10-game stretch that he had. This is over two full seasons, 41% from three-point range for the mean green. And he's been set up in many ways. He either gets set up by a screen or a teammate makes a nice pass, or he will create space himself, and I love the way he handles the basketball. That's where I kind of get like – I kind of see different parts of different players for K-State in – Tyler Perry. And what my I think one of my favorite parts about him is he kind of has that shake and bake that uh well I mean a lot of guys have done it of course but what I really liked it from Naquan Tomlin and the way he used his shake and bake in isolation to take a guy on or get a jump shot out of it. That's what Tyler Perry likes to do. If he's got a guy in his face and he has the basketball, he's not looking to pass a lot of the time. He's going to try to create his own shot and create space and get his own shot out of it. And he's knocked down so many shots by doing that. He's not afraid of pressure. That's something I really enjoy about his game, that pressure really isn't much of an issue. Doesn't turn it over a whole lot, maybe one and a half a game. I mean, his assists aren't going to – he's not going to be replacing Marquise Noel in the assist department, and nobody really is. But what he does fill in, what K-State's going to be losing from this team – this last year's team going to the Elite Eight. He's going to have a big help in scoring, of course. 13 or 17 points a game. 
this past year. He'll go grab rebounds for you. He wants to rebound the basketball. He's got a couple assists a game. He's just a great scorer. He scored 20 or more points in 14 of their games this past year. He's done well against Big 12 teams. He actually played against the Mean Green, played at Oklahoma State in the NIT, and that game went to overtime. He scored 23 points. Played against Kansas his junior year. And we're talking about a game he comes off the bench against KU because that first year at North Texas, again, sixth man of the year. Best guy off the bench in Conference USA. He scores 23 points off the bench against the Kansas Jayhawks. He's played a couple of games against Big 12 opponents, and he's done a very good job. There's not a whole lot to really dislike about the guy. He's a very good fit for K-State. A very good fit. Now I just know this coaching staff wants more Tyler Perry's. And I don't know like if they have a big board, if this was their number one. I, I And honestly, I don't think it would be their number one choice who they were going after the portal. Most likely Max Asmus was that guy. But he ends up going to Texas. And he's a Texas kid. Wasn't surprised about that commitment whatsoever. But K-State was able to get Tyler Perry to campus. And I got to say, when he picked K-State, he gave a reason why, and it's because of the coaching staff. As soon as I got around him, I instantly knew this was it. I told Reem this while I was on my visit. I was like, stop trying to recruit me. Like We laughed and joked about it, and um, he... Like I said, he throwing out all these recruiting pitches. I'm like, Reem, you ain't gotta say nothing else to me. Like, and that's just the relationships I wanted in my last year. And um, you know, I wanted to have fun. I wanted to enjoy this process, and I wanted to enjoy my last year and win at all costs. And that's what those guys are all about. And um, it's much bigger than after basketball for me. Uh, those are guys I'm gonna have relationships with for the rest of my life, and um, feel like I can do life with them. You know, the rest of my life. And um, like I said, it wasn't just a basketball decision, but also a business decision. And um, what's next for my future? And I think those guys have my best interest in my future and the plans they have for me, and um, that was the biggest thing for me. And having Dream Dowling on the coaching staff, obviously huge, because they had a, a year together at North Texas, his junior year. Uh, had Dream Dowling on the on the coaching staff there, so already had that connection. And also, I'll, let's see if I have – I don't think I have the clip here, but I thought this was very important. I brought it with D.Y. That was he was looking for – a place to go that wasn't rebuilding. And with a couple of the schools that he was looking at, like Ole Miss and Texas Tech, I mean, his former coach, Grant McCaslin, is going to Texas Tech. Now Ole Miss has hired – they hired Beard. Uh, good for them, I guess. But those are two programs that are going to have some work to do, a little bit of remodeling to do. I mean – Texas Tech is replacing so many starters from this past year. I don't know Ole Miss's situation, but you know, a coaching change means that there's probably a lot of work to do there. Um, and then Alabama, you know, that's kind of a. I know, I know Alabama wanted him, and that's a boy. Talk about a, a identity crisis right now, and kind of a a culture uh, boy, a culture mess. Let's put it that way at Alabama right now, but at K State. The culture is extremely positive, of course. Cats showed that they're they're very popular. Let's put it that way. A very popular now program to to want to come play for. They're the cool guys now in school. And they're winning. Winning right away. Doesn't surprise me a guy like Tyler Perry, who's the number two player according to The Athletic in the transfer portal, would want to pick a place like K-State. 
He already knows a coach here. He already has a bond with the guys. As soon as he got there, he knew he wanted to be a cat. The thing is, though, it's not going to be that easy most of the time. And so that's where we kind of transition into what's next. Like D.Y. said, and I completely agree, kind of have to play the patience game. The portal's still open for another week, as in guys can jump into the portal, and they're probably expecting a guy or two that they're going to want jumping into that portal. So even though things have kind of pumped the brakes now, things kind of slowed down, there's still a ways to go. There's still three spots to fill. So remember back to last year and when we got into the summer, and we got to like June and July, and things really slowed down. Just kind of a reminder to you know we're it, it's a you know it's a it's a marathon not a sprint type of thing, and uh, there's a lot of work still to be done. But man, didn't it feel like when the process continued and the summer rolled on, like the recruiting class just got better and better on who came on the radar and who case it was landing. It could definitely get better and better as the offseason goes on. So let's be patient. Things are still to come. Three spots to fill. I think they'll get it done. When we come back, more of the game. We'll take a break. I think I may need to correct myself because I mentioned before the break that K-State basketball, I think I got my memory a little fuzzy here. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Because the recruiting did take a lull. In last year's class, the first for Tang with all the uh, transfer portal guys. But I think they just needed a couple of more spots. They just needed to complete the roster, and it was taking a while. Because I know Keontae Johnson didn't commit until August. I think Anthony Thomas was right around that time as well, but I think it was maybe like a month or two. We kind of had, maybe not that long, but a little bit of a lull there. I think we kind of had like, oh God, are we not going to find our last two guys? It just took a little bit longer. I don't know. If, there's not a Keontae Johnson. I don't think there's going to be a Keontae Johnson that's waiting until August. That was just a very unique situation well, and with you Keontae. Al- and you also had the unique situation with Desi Stills needing to finish classwork. Yeah. You know, that, that had you also looking at things going, all right, is that going to pan out yeah. the way that it should? And Desi was a uh, – I mean, that was kind of like a beginning of the summer commitment for K-State. Like, and I think it was in May or June, Desi made his uh, decision. 
The game continues here on Cayman. If you missed hour one of the show featuring Derek Young from Case in the Line, search for our podcast. Just search for the game Cayman or wherever you listen to your podcast. And uh, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to it. Find the game KMA and also find us on Twitter as well at the game KMA and also at Mitch the Fort. If you want to submit any questions or call us 75 1350. I want to congratulate the K State men's golf team making the NCAA regional for the second straight year. That's the first time they've done that since the 08 09 season, and it's a record breaking season for, for K State men's golf where they're going to be a five seed in the Bath, Michigan regional. And uh, I mean, top five teams. Make it to nationals, so they're trying to get to nationals for the first time. This team can certainly do that, but they'll get their regional started in 12 days from now. Also saw Deuce Vaughn, um, brought him up earlier with DY, but I saw that he is a number now with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he won't be number 22, and that's very disappointing. Not a surprise, though, because with like Roger Staubach, uh, let's see, Troy Aikman, Emma Smith, like the numbers they wore haven't been worn since they played. Emmett Smith number 22. Nobody's worn that since. They don't officially retire numbers. They just kind of uh don't let anybody wear them out of respect. <sighs> Troy, get me on the phone with the Dallas Cowboys. Get Jerry Jones on the line because I need to let him know hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn is gonna be the next Emmett Smith. I uh hate to inform you what's that you're probably going to not be very happy about this but i don't have jerry's phone number well you know what google (laughs) dallas cowboys phone number get him on the line and and let's have a chat right well chris is also on the chris vaughn's also on the staff maybe he'll let uh, jerry jones know before i do i've got a couple reporters that i could tap into maybe find something I also got the feeling if I were on the line with Jerry Jones, I think the uh, the conversation would also maybe steer in another direction. If he was actually listening and didn't hang up on me by the time I uh, got done with about talking about Deuce Vaughn. Anything good on the phone? No. Okay. And then you have K-State baseball. And this was finally like the answer we've been looking for on kind of trying to get the idea, like a very good idea of where K-State currently stands when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Is K-State in? Is K-State out? They just lost to Wichita State. Midweek games are weird anyway. Is K-State in the field or not at this point? According to D1 Baseball, they are. So this is pretty big news because K-State hasn't been to a regional in 10 years. Right now a three-seed to Fayetteville, which first of all, that's probably the closest you'll get to a regional if you want to travel, and that's Fayetteville. So that'd be fantastic. That's kind of you know how regionals work, right? You get the local teams or the local-ish teams to come in and play some baseball. And again, I you know beating Wichita State would have been great. Wichita State's most likely going to make some postseason baseball. I think they are. At least I think that's according to the recent bracketology. Uh, they're both similar in in in, uh, in records. I did see that. I'm not exactly sure about Wichita State, uh, but I will say I do like the opportunity with Southeast Missouri State coming in this weekend uh, because they're going to most likely win the Ohio Valley, make it to the NCAA tournament, and then you got, by the way, Oklahoma State and TCU still on the horizon. It's just 
gosh, Wichita State pitching got him again and blanked him last night. And I know K-State had an early opportunity to score a run, getting a guy to third base, but man, it's a, a, a team offensively that's been this good, it's so weird to see him get blanked by a team like Wichita State on the road. Very, very, very odd. At least it feels that way. Because K-State's offense, batting average is definitely above average than it's been recently. At least it feels that way. Uh, like on-base percentage is, you're talking top 50 in the country in on-base percentage. Watts is top in the country. Such a disciplined team. Again, weird to see them get blanked. But it's awesome to see that they're now, finally, we have at least somebody out there saying that K-State now is in the field. And you're not getting there unless you do win two out of three against a top 25 opponent like Texas Tech. Winning two of those three, I think the big difference was winning two of three, not losing two of three. Something to bear in mind, though, as well with Wichita State, while they've flown under the radar really for us, they're pretty good ball club at 10-5 and five right now in their conference. Leading the conference tied with Houston. Yeah, so they got a good opportunity of being in the tournament too. Yeah, being in the tournament, winning the American potentially. Competitive series, but K-State didn't win either one against Wichita State. No. You would have loved to have one of them. Would have loved to have one of them. But it's great that K-State's now back in this opportunity because I never would have predicted this heading into the year. Missing your potentially Friday guy right off the bat to begin the year, he's out with a season-ending injury. I mean, that was just kind of – that was kind of the – like right off the bat, number one, it's like, man, like you're already now missing a weekend guy and now you're putting a D3 guy as your Friday guy and he's got – you know, make that work out. I got to say, though, it's working out. It really is. This has been a much better season than honestly what I was expecting. You know, a number of guys in the field are just guys that have worked their way into a starting role after being second or third string. Looking at that weekend in Round Rock and how that played out, I had serious concerns where this team was going to be. I wasn't after the LSU. When they lost to Lamar, I was like, all right, well, they just swept Stephen F. Austin. And also the non-con hasn't been the toughest. But Iowa, well, the thing, like, the Sam Houston game, probably want back. Iowa, not winning that one, having that opportunity, probably getting, want that one back. Getting hammered by Iowa. Yeah, get, get, yeah Sam Houston's the one they probably should have won. Um, yeah, but after that, it, really the, the difference is, I think, I kind of give you a couple of uh, what I feel like some differences are, is obviously uh, Owen Borma. Being awesome, the improvement of Herman Fajardo. So you got a Friday and Saturday guy you feel very confident in. Um, you have out of the bullpen, you have a couple of go-to guys, Ty Rule and Tyson Abers. If you have an opportunity to win a Big 12 game, they are going to come in and you feel very good that they're going to throw some good – I mean, Tyson Abers just hit 99 on the gun the other night. Friday night, that was a new – since K-State's been keeping track of like the radar of, of the pitches, that's the fastest pitch in program history. I wish there was more depth with the pitchers, but you have some pretty decent guys that are going to come out of the bullpen 
You have to go go two guys. That said, the pitching has rounded into form very well in, as you mentioned, the two starters specifically. But you've also been able to see their development once the new pitching coach has had time to be right. able to work with them. The other, this and this is so key this year, is that the infield has been very clean with its defense. So I know Nick Goodwin had a rough year last year with errors. Kalen Culpepper at third base, when he was out with his injury for a number of weeks, a month, month and a half, missing him and now having him back in the field, making ESPN top 10 plays at third base is crucial. Brady Day and Roberto Pena. Pena transfer. Brady Day working his way into the lineup now this year after coming in as a backup last year have been great. And, of course, the hitting. The hitting has been pretty big as well, including a guy like Cash Rugely, who has been leading the team in, in batting average. You have a home run. You guys, anybody can come up and hit a home run, which is very key, I think. But guys are just improved. Guys that got the opportunity as backups last year have shown that they've improved, and without that improvement, you probably don't have a good team. It just would be missing some key pieces and I got to say, it was it was Pete Hughes that said, keep proving them wrong. I mean, they're proving me wrong. Like, I was not expecting this this year. I think most K-State fans were not expecting NCAA tournament baseball this year. So they're proving a lot of people wrong right now. And I hope – get the sweep over southeast Missouri State, have some sellout crowds, and I hope the weather is nice – because there's some pretty important baseball playing, even though it's not Big 12 play, pretty important baseball is taking place this weekend at Toyton Family Stadium.